Welcome to the podcast. In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim Elmore, and I am the senior pastor at Memorial Baptist Church, Stratford, Ontario. And I'm Marshall Morden, the associate pastor church, uh, associate pastor at MBC, which is a church. On the <laughs> <laughs> it's been a Perfect. while. Since, it's been a little while since I like absolutely, yeah, wrecked that. But uh, hey, why not? Let's got let's switch it up every once in a while. Right, right. I mean, hey, why don't why don't I just take over? You finish that cup of coffee. Yeah, and uh, I'm just gonna sit back for a couple minutes here. <laughs> finish waking up. <laughs> nice. How are you nice. doing, Tim? How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing all right. Good. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome thing I got coming up this week. I got to realize that I have an attic full of bats, and uh, <laughs> so I get to crawl up inside of all of this sort of nasty fiberglass insulation stuff mm-hmm. and uh, devise a plan to let the bats out but not back in. And so that's that's super exciting, and I <laughs> I can't wait to get up there and do that. Um, oh man! But we had actually one of them. The reason we found out is because one of them got into the house and about one o'clock in the morning, I'm laying there asleep and my wife is screaming like crazy. There's a bat in the house. There's a bat in the house. I'm like, whatever. I'm looking around. I can't find it. I go downstairs and sure enough, whoom, right past my head. I do the whole catch it in a cup, slide a piece of paper behind it, let it out into the front yard kind of thing. But uh, apparently he wasn't alone. So got to get up there and do that. How about you? How are things going? You know what? Things are going, they're, they're going well. Um, had a great weekend. Uh, we were on the golf course this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the way that I play probably doesn't deserve to be called golf, but I, you know, went for a really nice walk and, and swung some clubs a few times and it was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was nice to be outside and uh and with other people you know obviously in a you know safe and socially distant kind of environment but uh that was really refreshing for me i i really felt that that was yeah just a great uh a great thing to be able to do you know what i'm looking forward to most i'm looking forward to not having to put disclaimers on everything that we do oh i know right like it was a socially distanced lunch. Yeah. It was a socially distanced golf match. It was a socially distanced drive to the grocery store. Yeah. Right. We have to put this disclaimer on everything. I heard a, uh, <clears throat> I've heard a number of people talk about to that end about what it'd be like to just get rid of that disclaimer and just yeah. trust that everyone's doing pretty well yeah. uh, in, in keeping things going. But this too shall pass for everything. There is a season. That's true. That's and a time true. for every purpose under heaven. And, uh, <laughs> and let's talk about that. Yeah. Because that's yeah. this week's reading. Yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into some, uh, some pretty heavy stuff today. But what, what, is our, what is our force? Because we're in Proverbs, we're in Ecclesiastes, we've got some narrative. What- yeah, so we, we're covering a lot of books this week. We got, we got some Proverbs wrap-up. We've got uh, First Kings, Second Chronicles, all of Ecclesiastes. Uh, lots of, lots of moving around this week. I think our forest is, is just going to be that the wisdom of man, even when divinely enhanced mm-hmm. is insufficient. Yeah. 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 I think one of the things that, 
that was said kind of when we were talking about this was human effort is not the answer. Oh, 100%. Right. That's not the answer to the meaningful life. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to talk about Ecclesiastes, but I know we have other things to, to get into. <laughs> me, me too, me too. Uh, and, but but to, to follow what you're saying, I, I think that we see this in Solomon. I, I think this is the summation, like what you just said is the summation of all of Solomon's story because the Bible tells us very clearly that his wisdom was divinely enhanced, that there was no one before or after more wise than Solomon. And it, in addition to that, he has a kingdom that is greater than any kingdom or, or a greater kingdom than, than Israel had ever known or would ever know. Mm. He has been set up by his father financially, spiritually, logistically. He's the rightful heir. There's no one who can come against him and challenge uh, his possession of the, the kingdom. He has everything you could want to be a successful person and it's not enough yeah 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 it's heartbreaking right it there, is there's, there's a part of me it's like wow well if, if solomon can't do it <laughs> who can <laughs> right like <laughs> and that is why we have the book of ecclesiastes yeah there we go yeah so let's but before we get there we have to start with some proverbs uh sure. because this week's reading uh begins on day 169 and we get to turn the page this week literally if you're like me old school enough that you actually use paper um (laughs) on the on the bible reading that we're doing the blue letter bible reading uh chronological bible reading you Mm -hmm. get to turn the page this week uh so proverbs 27 through 29 uh we're going to move through this pretty quickly but there's some gold here there really is yeah even the very first verse the very first verse of this week's reading do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Mm. Mm. Just like, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. James Jane, picks that up again later. He does, yeah. James, the, the Proverbs of the New Testament, I read in a commentary. But uh, he, he pulls, yeah, he pulls stuff out like crazy. But yeah, yeah. I love that idea, right? And so, I'll, I mean, that's, man, talk about, talk about a concept that's relevant for our time. I just got another email from, my sister who was supposed to be getting married in August and then that got pushed back to September and then now their venue has closed for the entire year and they don't know if they're going to even have a wedding. And so it's like, this is just something that we're all kind of having to come to terms with is, is wow. Yeah. We can't, (laughs) we can't even begin to know what tomorrow may bring. So just let's just deal with today. And and that's why uh, James says we're supposed to say, Lord willing, yeah. Uh, to, if if you want to be highbrow, uh, the Deo Valente. Oh right? yeah, God, God willing, right. um, we're able to do these things. Otherwise, we're sort of left to our own, uh, left to our own devices, mm-hmm. um, and we're we're subject to the twists and turns of this age that we live in. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I the first part of Proverbs twenty eight. I, I made a highlight and I was like, oh, I'm going to, I want to talk about that one on the show. And then I highlighted the next one and then the next one. And so the first five verses all got highlighted from Proverbs 28. So it, it goes like this, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold 
the land transgresses, it has many rulers. But the man who, the, but the man of understanding and knowledge is, sorry, but with the man of understanding and knowledge, its stability will long continue. A poor man who oppresses the poor is like a beating rain that leaves no food. And those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law strive against them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Mm. Yeah. So good. That is good. For- I have a friend who, who takes uh, verse 1a, and that is the reason that she refuses to exercise by jogging. Wickedly, when no one pursues, <laughs> so good. She's like, "All you get, all you joggers out there, telling me I should start running." Nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, just just a quick note for for our listeners: there was a bit of choppiness when when Tim was reading those verses. I had a bit of a hiccup with the internet here, so I think I've sorted it. But this is this is the price we pay for for abiding by social distance rules. So, <laughs> read the first five verses of of of, uh, of twenty eight. They just, they oh, you know what? It's the first five verses of 28. It's the same in your Bible. Yeah, exactly. We exactly. tried. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone. That's on my end. We got to get going. We got to get to Ecclesiastes. We do. We do. We do. We do. So yeah. let's talk about Ecclesiastes then. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes is going to be a bit of a confusing book for you. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. You, you open the book of Ecclesiastes and you start reading and you're like, oh, more wisdom literature. Yeah. Which it is. Mm. And, and it's sometimes almost just like the Proverbs, just one-liners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. It's set up in such a way that there's a narrator, narrator that talks about the preacher yeah. and gives us the preacher or the teacher, uh, gives us their perspective on life. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be times in that when you're like, yeah, that's yeah. right. And there are going to be times when you're like, what? I, that doesn't seem to make sense those are good things how can those good things be vanity yeah I, and then I, the one thing that holds it all together is it's a downer it totally is yeah okay so i have, I have a funny kind of personal weird personal story about this so when i was uh relatively new to the faith i was like man or maybe 20 years old or something i was working at a camp and candace and i were we're dating. Oh, can I say, to, actually, you know what? That guy who wrote that book isn't even with us anymore. So I'm going to say we were dating. Um, and, <laughs> um, and we were up and we were just kind of like staring at the stars or whatever. And I started falling asleep and I was in this weird, like, you know, when you're like almost falling asleep and you're still talking. And I said the word Ecclesiastes weirdly. I'm like, why did I even, why did that come through? my head like why did I somehow just think Ecclesiastes and Candace is like well I don't know maybe you should read it so the next day I did read it and I read it I sat down and I read it all in one sitting and I'm like what is this mm-hmm. like what did I just what did I actually just just spend an hour of my time taking in I don't I have no idea how to actually like interpret this and, and unfortunately, like no one really around me had, had a good answer. And so I had to kind of do some deep dives into the, into the internet a little bit, but man, it threw me for a loop. I couldn't, uh, I, yeah. So that's hopefully what we're going to, our conversation today is going to help people kind of get a grasp on, on how to 
digest Ecclesiastes because for, for people who have already read it, some of you might be thinking like, what is, what is the point? Right. Right. Uh, and, and I think I, I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that they put so much of the reading together. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's going to be an, a potential for you to look at Ecclesiastes and at those days, June 18th and 19th and say, man, there is a lot of reading on these days, right? Like these are, these are heavy reading days. Why put so, why so little in some areas and so much here? And I think the reading, just like Job, you kind of got to get through it. Yeah. Right. And so what's going to happen is you're going to hear about a lot of stuff inside of Ecclesiastes and everything that he talks about is just vanity. Yeah. Vanity, vanity. Hevel, is that the, Hebel, yeah, that's yeah, the, the Hebrew. Hebrew word um, that is, that's being used here? Uh, and then in the end, he sums up what actually matters in life. That's true. And yeah. so you've kind of got to hurry to that end. And then you can really consider all of this other stuff that took place. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's talk about, let's talk about that vanity. Mm-hmm. What does it mean when it says vanity? Does it mean that all of this is a waste of time and should be forsaken? Not necessarily, <laughs> right? Um, I think the, the idea here is that these things that, that people are pursuing as a source of meaning in their lives are, are not as concrete as they think they are, right? They're not as permanent as they seem to us right and so whether it's the pursuit of of wealth or or work or relationships or pleasure these things are are passing these things are temporary right and so um you know built into this word is is uh built into this whole idea is the, the you know the word picture of of smoke and vapor right this is these things these things come and they and they go and we ought to remember that if we're going to be engaging in them. Yeah. So, so the word, the, the word there for vanity is a word picture, right? Uh, and, and it is that smoke vapor kind of a picture. Uh, and the idea is that it looks substantial, mm. but it, it, when you grasp for it, it, it doesn't satisfy. Mm. Like it, it can't be grabbed, right? It can't be taken. Um, and so uh, particularly, I think, I think the most important thing that it talks about here, uh, not, not maybe most important, but the thing that it talks most about is, is just that pursuit of material good. Yeah. Right. If I can just have things, if I had more stuff, if I had more money then I would find security. Um, and he says, you know what? I mean, Solomon is a wealthy man. Yeah, he had he had more stuff than anyone. <laughs> right, right. He, even as we'll read in the narrative, the Queen of Sheba who shows up and says, hey, I hear you're a smart guy. I got questions. He answers the questions and he wins the prize money, like all of these things that she, <laughs> she gives to him. Uh, and so, so like, is it, is it the pursuit of, of finance that brings us security and happiness that sort of like, you know, a lot of people do this. They're like, you know, I just want, I want my kids to have it better than I do. 
And so that's why I work so hard to be able to give them things or to leave them an inheritance. Yeah. The Bible says no, and that that's not going to make it better for them. Yeah. And he actually kind of, he addresses that for all, you know, that those you leave it to might not even make good use of it or appreciate it. Right. (laughs) They might just waste it, which actually happens for Solomon, right? That as you know, spoiler alert, (laughs) they don't stay the richest nation forever. Um, and if I yeah. could gain more wisdom, if yeah. I could just learn more, sure. would this be better for me? Yeah, if I could just get that PhD, if I could just go to that prestigious school, right? If I could just have the right answer to all those tough questions, then, then, you know, I would, my life would have a higher level of meaning. But he knew. Are you, are you preaching in the mirror? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that really As I'm hits me slaving too. away <laughs> my degree. No, I actually, I, I love being a student, but but I totally see how it can be vanity, right? I, mm-hmm. I totally, you know, chasing after, you know, chasing after awards and, and that, you know, you know, tr- striving for that 4.0 GPA and, and all of those things that come along with it. I mean, what does that actually give you long-term, right? Like what, what, right, what right. Is, that, you know, it, yeah, yeah. I am preaching. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something, that's something that I've struggled with. Um, so when I was when I was working on my master's divinity, and I was in my first pastorate, um, I, I was at a place where I was really battling with those kinds of thoughts because uh, I, I came to this sort of dark place where my thought was, if I don't hold a PhD, nobody cares what I have to say about anything, hmm. and I'm a nobody. Um, and so I've I've had opportunity to live in some major world cities, right? Uh, and, and do work there. Pastored in a major world city in, in Toronto. Uh, was pursuing education while still two and three years out from finishing my MDiv. I'm already shopping around for doctoral programs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and already stressed out over where I'm going to get my doctorate and what I'm going to get my doctorate in. And turning my nose up to other people's doctorates because uh, that's not what I'm going to pursue once I'm done. Uh, and, and then getting to a place of realizing, Tim, you haven't finished your MDiv. Right. And you already have the job that you want doing what you believe God has called you to do. Right. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe you're grasping at smoke and chasing the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're yeah. seeking something to satisfy you that is not intended to satisfy you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a waste of your time. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's not to say that there isn't, you know, there isn't some kind of value in pursuing education. There's some, you know, there are things that we have to learn, but there's, you know, I, this kind of flows into that whole, that whole, uh, passage about there being a time for everything, right? There, there is a time right. to go to school, but to build sure. your entire life and the purpose of, it, of just acquiring, you know, pieces of paper to throw up on your wall in a frame, that's not, that is vanity. Yeah. 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 And you know, and what's going to happen is this, sometimes when you, especially in the culture we live in, you make a statement like that and people automatically assume that the other must be true to the nth degree, Right. So if Tim and Marshall are going to say pursuing these degrees means that uh, those people who hold these degrees are in sin for the pursuit of vanity in their life. That is not what I'm saying. (laughs) Not at all. 
Yeah. Right? The, 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 the amount of hours that I spend on school <laughs> would, would say otherwise the, the effort I put in, I'm not, you know, don't, don't take me as an anti-intellectual. Uh, yeah. Or, or to say, or to say that the pursuit of worldly gain uh, materially means mm-hmm. that those people who have those things are in sin. Mm-hmm. No, 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 this, this isn't, this isn't the purpose. The, the purpose is to understand these things are good things that we have been given to enjoy. The Bible is very clear to tell us in Ecclesiastes, these are gifts from God to be enjoyed. Mm. So enjoy them. Yeah. yeah. But don't ask them to be your hope and your salvation. When you place your hope in them, they are vanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these things are gifts to be enjoyed, but they are not our hope and our purpose. That is what Ecclesiastes is telling us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the book of Ecclesiastes is very grounding in some ways, right? In the sense that, you know, we, we've been through Proverbs and we get this, you know, in, in Proverbs, you get a lot of these kind of principles that are saying like, if you do A, then B will be the result or like option A, you know, leads to this option B leads to that. Right. And, and this kind of formula, almost formulaic thing. And we've already had the discussion about how, you know, these are proverbs, not promises, not to be taken at, um, not to be taken, you know, as guaranteed results. But Ecclesiastes is kind of grounding and saying like, look, you can you can do good things. Like you can apply wisdom to your life and it still might not go your way. Right? right. Like, like the righteous sometimes suffer and the unrighteous sometimes abound. And that's just how it is. Right. That's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think Ecclesiastes rests as a commentary on Proverbs in some ways mm, yeah. is, the, is the way that I would put it. Uh, and because like you were saying earlier in the pre-show, right, there are times when we look at the Proverbs and even some of the wisdom in Ecclesiastes and we say, okay, so here's the formula. A plus B equals C. Mm. And so I'm going to do A and I'm not going to do B and I'm going to get from it the result that I'm looking for. And so what we all need to do is we all just need to do better. And if we all do better, this world will be healed. And Ecclesiastes says, no, that's not the case. It's not the case. It is not the responsibility of mankind to redeem this world. Yeah. That is God's responsibility. And the one thing that hovers heavily, heavily over all of human wisdom be it inspired by God or not, is the providential will of God. Oh, yeah. And God will raise up who he will raise up and he will break down who he will break down. And he will do all of these things for his glory's sake. So, does that make everything in life vanity? Does that mean we just flop on the couch in a perpetual quarantine mode and do nothing? (laughs) Because... What does it matter in the end? No, 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 no. He wraps up the whole thing. He says, you want, you want to know what does matter? Because so far I've spent 12 chapters telling you what doesn't matter. Mm. Here's what matters. The last two verses of the book. 
the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God, keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Hmm. So he says, what do you do? You, you pursue good things. Yeah. You pursue right things. And, and, and that he says, this is the end of the matter. All is heard. That's, that's Solomon's way of saying, like, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've experienced it. Yeah. I'm, I'm someone who's not coming from this perspective saying, well, I've been without, and I'm just presuming this on, on those who, who have something. I've been there. I've yeah. seen what it means to be provided for spiritually, economically. Uh, I was the, mil- the political leader. Um, and so all of these things considered, fear God and keep his commandments. Yeah. That's it. That's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and but, trust in the end, God is the judge mm-hmm. of every deed. So, man, there's, there's so much going on in our world right now. Virus, uh, south of the border, the riots, yeah. um, the, the discontent that has made its way across the border. Uh, and, and in all of this, so many people asking, what's the answer? Yeah. And this is the answer. Yeah. All other answers are going to be vanity, trusting in our own will. We do what we can do. And we don't worry about what we can't. Yeah. We fear the Lord. We keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. And we trust in God's right judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we should end the podcast there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's, that is both. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a high calling, of course, to, to follow God's commandments, especially when we understand our own, you know, inabilities and limitations. But it's also, um, it's also a refreshing take because it's like, okay, God, you have put me here where I am in the community that I'm in, you know, in the family that I'm in, workplace, church, whatever. What? how can I be obedient here? Right. How can I, how can I love you with everything and love others as, um, you know, as much as I love myself? Um, like how, how can I do that right in here and now and, and, and make that impact. Right. And that, that is what's going to last. That is what is actually going to be a meaningful life. And so, in some ways, people might say that's that's too narrow a focus, but I think it's it's freeing because it gives us oh, opportunity yeah. to to look around and say, okay, I can I can I can serve the Lord and serve my neighbor right there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that that thing that God has put right in front of me, and uh, and and you know and and throw yourself at that stuff, like do it. Yeah, I, I agree, one hundred percent. I think if we read, like, we made a joke about uh, Ecclesiastes really being a downer, um, <laughs> and a lot of people, a lot of people read this book in that way, and sometimes I do too. Right? We read it in such a way as to say, "Well, what's the point?" Mm. I think when we read it and say, "What's the point?" What we've done in that moment is 
given, we've, we've become given to a beautiful opportunity. And that is the opportunity for us to repent of trying to do life in our own strength and in our own wisdom. Because mm-hmm. when we say what's the, when, if you can read all 12 chapters, and that has to include those last two verses, mm-hmm. if you can in, read all 12 chapters and say, well, then what's the point? Then you are out loud saying, I want to trust in myself and what I can do to make my life and the lives of people around me better. I don't want to trust in the Lord yeah. and in his good plan. And, and I, think, I think instead, the way we should read it is that it's a burden lifting off of our shoulders, right? It's not up to you to fix the world. It's up to you to obey the commands of God. Yeah. And, and explicitly, as he said in there, and enjoy the life you've been given. Yeah. Live the life you've been li- given enjoy it mm-hmm. and trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, that is, that is the, <laughs> that, that is the pattern for, for, for contentment, I think. Yeah. And, and I like to think that Ecclesiastes is a dying reflection of Solomon. Yeah. I hope so too. <laughs> we were talking about that. <laughs> because, because after this, we go into the narrative and we find that Solomon, Solomon has done some really awful things and he's really fallen off. Yeah. Uh, he allows his heart to be dragged off into the worship of other gods Yeah, uh, because of the, the women that he married that not only he, but all of Israel were told to stay away from because this very thing would take place. Uh, Solomon gives himself to that and he, because of it, he falls away. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, yeah. so I like to think, I like to think that in the end, instead of falling away entirely, he's laying on his deathbed and he says, you know what? Nothing matters mm. except that I would follow after God mm. the way that my father did. Yeah. Um, so that's where that fortunately that is where it rests in the chronological reading. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just kind of keep it there. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> so you have first Kings, uh, second Chronicles. We have some uh, discussion of, of exactly how that falling away takes place. The, the yeah. narrative discussion on those things. Yeah. Then we have some, pro- uh, some wisdom literature that's not from Solomon. Yeah. Uh, some Proverbs 30 and 31. I, I, I love Solomon. He has great stuff to say. My favorite Proverbs, chapter 30. Yeah. The words of Agur. Yes. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce his name. So in the ancient Near East, proverbial literature was a pretty common thing. uh, And it followed a formula. The formula was, this is who I am. This is why it's important you listen to me. You know, just name and credential. This is what I have to say. Right, that was sort of the basic rundown of how it goes. Agar does a direct opposite. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he comes in and he says, "Hey, I'm kind of a nobody. Who am I? What do I know about anything?" In such a way as you know, Solomon would say, "Hey, fair point, because I I have told you it's not for you to lift up your own uh, self, but allow others to lift you up." Yeah. And so let's let's watch that exercised where he says. I'm 
nobody. In fact, verse two, surely I am too stupid to be a man, right? My intellect is subhuman. (laughs) I'm that bad. Yeah. And then he goes and drops some serious wisdom. Right. He's like, who am I? The best I could come up with is this. So do it with what you will. And, uh, and, and, and it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah, he, good. <laughs> and, and so he, what he, what he has to say is, uh, every word of God proves true. Hmm. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Hmm. Don't add to his words. Lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. So his, after he goes through this beautiful self-deprivation, he exalts God to say, this has nothing to do with me. Let's just hear from God because his words are true. You mm-hmm. start adding to them, yeah. then you're messing with them. Yeah. And he will rebuke you and call, call you a liar. Don't speak on behalf of God unless you're reading the word of God. Yeah. And then he says, in all of this, there are only two things I ask for. Verse seven. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Selah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, the, it, it, that, that bit about the, the, you know, the, the food right? And having just enough reminds me of just in the Lord's prayer, right? Give us each day our daily bread. God, give us the things that we need, mm-hmm. right? Um, we don't need plenty, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, there's, there's so, there's so much here. I was actually just, and I, I don't know how I missed this in my initial reading, but I, I feel like I want to, I want to pull this out the the verse just before what you read there, verse four, we kind of get this. It's almost a similar argument to um, when God is speaking of Himself in Job, where He says, mm-hmm. "Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in His fist? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is His name, and what is His Son's name? Mm-hmm. Surely you know." And and obviously He's He. Yeah. Again, I I understand that like when when the original author when Augur is writing this, you know, he 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 may have no idea of like the coming of Christ. Um, but what a privilege it is uh to know his name and to know his son's name. I d I don't know. I that might yeah, I don't know. That just kind of came yeah. to me, but I was I think it's that. I think it's fair to say that Augur has read the book of Job. Mm. I think he has read the Psalms mm. and, uh, and, and probably Proverbs of Solomon. I, I think mm. he has been exposed to all of these things. 
because those elements are very clear in this writing. Um, that's not to say that, uh, like, like some people are going to take that and be like, oh, well, what you're arguing is he's just a student of these literatures and not inspired by God. No, that's not it at all. I, I think his wisdom is very much inspired by God. And I, I just think his styling has in it elements of all of these different things where he's, in addition to giving us what it is that God has given him, he's doing that through a medium and using the voicings of these other three books that God has also inspired. Mm. Um, and, and I think they're very much uh, prevalent in that. Mm -hmm. um, and then after Psalm 30, we have uh, Psalm 31, which is uh, in large part talking about the woman who fears the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's important to understand that there's a lot going on in who this woman is, right? She's, she's someone who gets things done. Yep. I think it's also important to realize that some of this is proverbial. Uh, and, and so what I would say is this, there, I, I would encourage a woman to read this in such a way as to say, I want to do the things that this woman does. When it comes to the outcome, like there's a lot of this woman is blessed, right? Like because of the things that she does, her family is dressed in scarlet. And I think there would be women who would say, I long to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Mm -hmm. I am out in the marketplace working. I am getting these things done. I'm not clinging after things that are vanity. Right. But yet we're still struggling by, mm -hmm. right? I'm a single mom and, and we're struggling to get by. Yeah. Why aren't these things proving true for me? I would point you to the book of Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for, for people in that situation, again, like the, you know, in our context, again, the, the, the blessings the blessings of of trusting in our Lord and following Him righteously will not always be, um, you know, physical, tangible blessings. But there is there is real um, real reward for those women who are who are you know sacrificially serving their families and and, and following kind of this example. Um, there are, there are, are riches beyond, um, beyond what this world can offer, um, for those who are, who are faithful to that calling. And that would just be my encouragement. Um, yeah. Yeah. For people in that situation. Yeah. We, uh, we have a, a mirror in our girl's bedroom that I hope will someday be the mirror that uh, they use to get ready in the morning. Um, it's one that I, I made for them. And so like, it's a big mirror, a bigger kind of mirror than one would use just to sort of get ready. Um, so half of it is for that. The other half of it has uh, printed on it. Um, oh, I had it right here for just a second. Man, and then I lost it. Uh, where was it? Uh, it's the saying about clothing herself and uh, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. Mm. Right. Um, that's, 
this physical beauty is not what we're resting in. Right. Strength and dignity mm. is what identifies me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of goodness here to be taken, but um, yeah, I just want to be, be careful to always understand how wisdom literature works. Right. Uh, because that's a, a dicey thing. Then the last two days, uh, we have more narrative. It's the post-Solomon world where we have uh, the kingdom divided because of Solomon's failures and, uh, and sort of the narrative of how that takes place. So for you, highlights. Okay, so, so, so my highlight uh, actually comes out of that last little bit of narrative. So Rehoboam, Solomon's son, Mm -hmm. uh, when he becomes king, calls the calls the uh, the twelve tribes of Israel together, and and the the northern tribes, they're you know Solomon's been building a lot of stuff, and right. he's been conscripting a lot of people to be laborers for these projects, and I think people are just kind of worn out. People are like, all right, okay, enough of this work. Like, let's. It was know. exciting at first when we were building the temple. Yeah, but now it's now uh, we're just like now it's just. A lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And palaces and, you know, like, okay, right? And, you know, and, and, and Rehoboam, new king recently, you know, recently coming to the throne, has some older, wiser men kind of advise him saying, hey, you know what? Maybe it is time to kind of ease up a little bit. Uh, but he doesn't take that advice. He plays hardball. He doubles down. And he says... Comparing himself to his father, he says, "My little finger is thicker than my father's thigh." Saying right. essentially, "Yeah, you thought it was tough with the old man. Yeah, now that I'm in charge, watch what happens." Right, and what happens? He loses control of ten of the twelve tribes. Like he's just left with like Judah, and then kind of like Benjamin's kind of within the territory of Judah, so he kind of gets them by default. But I mean, like the kingdom is torn apart, and it's like significantly diminished right off the hop like right yeah what a yeah anyways yeah i'm i i kind of got this right dad was nothing you wait and see yeah yeah. what i got going on and he loses everything i think for me um i'm gonna go a little bit more spiritual than you sure uh (laughs) as normal you know (laughs) part for the course I, i think for me i i really love the call of in Ecclesiastes to enjoy the life we've been given. Mm, yeah. Right. Uh, it's not exactly eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow. You'll die. Mm. But there's a lot of that in there. There right? is. Yeah. There's a lot of that. You know what? Enjoy your family. Right. Enjoy the food that comes your way. Yeah. Um, and, and enjoy the work that you've been given to call these things gifts from God. Yeah. Um, I think that's something the church needs more of. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's part of us that fear that a a conversation like that is going to lead instantly into hedonism and materialism. And so what we're supposed to do is uh, be more Franciscan in such a way that we are going to deny ourselves and and even not having enough is not enough. We have to actually harm ourselves uh, so that we feel the pain because (laughs) that is righteousness. But to understand, no, these things are gifts from God. Yeah. Right. And, and how does a gift from God work? Right. Well, when I think about being a father and giving a gift to my kids, I want my kids to appreciate me as the giver. 
I want that to be the ultimate thing that it's a relationship building thing, but I also want them to appreciate the gift. Yeah. Because I, I picked that out for them because I knew it would bring them joy. Yeah. And I want them to enjoy it, not to place their hope in it, not for that to become the, the point of their affections to such a degree that they have no affection left for me, mm. but I do want them to enjoy that. Yeah. And, and I, I want the church to understand God is our only hope in life and death as per question one of the Heidelberg catechism. Right. Uh, but at the same time, he has chosen to give us gifts that we're going to enjoy. Right. So, you know what, when you have dinner, have a dinner that you enjoy yeah. and thank God for not only the sustenance of it, but the pleasure of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we've learned, right, that these things that we, that we, that we get to enjoy and experience in this life are temporary. And if you ask people who've lost loved ones or lost wealth or lost whatever, like the, many of them did not enjoy the things that they had when they had them. So as long as God is blessing you with something, whether it's a relationship or a circumstance or a, a good thing, yeah, enjoy it. But just understand that tomorrow might be gone. Yeah. Right. Right. So thanks for, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. See you next time. Take care.